All right, day 219, day 232, since Joey, your president, said that he wouldn't abandon Americans, and sure as hell he did. Uh, my favorite headline over the weekend was on the New York Post Saturday edition, Spies Who Lie. The intelligence experts who falsely discredited Hunter Biden's laptop and still won't say they are sorry. What about the rest of the media mob? And now this, by the way, names you would know, like Clapper and Brennan and and Michael Hayden and and many many others. They they did they just went out there. The mob, the media did the same thing two weeks before the election. You know they'd never do this if it was Donald Trump or one of the Trump kids. And other that's Russian disinformation. Russian disinformation is it's the fact that they've gotten away with this never ending lying conspiracy theory on top of conspiracy theory. Russia, Russia, Russia is it's unfathomable. Ron Johnson, there's a story there in the New York Post about him over the weekend, made it abundantly clear when Republicans get back control of Congress and the White House, their top priority needs to be cleaning out the rat's nest of partisan corruption that exists at the FBI and our top intelligence agencies. In other words, the one percent, as I always said, and he blasted them. Uh, on Sunday, say we reached out to the FBI. They they wouldn't tell us that the laptop was genuine. Uh, they should have, but they didn't. People should be outraged, but they're not. Anyway, he called on the New York Times to apologize. What about all these other places? You know, like the New York Times, uh, New York Post editorial. You got to be blanking, effing, kill. You know, kidding me. Now two plus years. Oh, now all of a sudden. Oh, never mind. We were wrong. Um, Republicans rightly eyeing probes into zero experience. Hunter, Dr. Flip-Flop Fauci, and of course the origins of the COVID-19 virus and much more after, after the midterms. Uh, that's assuming that we win. And I'm not taking anything for granted. But the White House does have a Hunter Biden, Joe Biden, uh, Biden family syndicate problem that nobody's talking about here. You know, you, th- you think of all the monies from China. All the money's from Russia. All the money's from Ukraine. Biden family syndicate. Nobody talks about it. You're not getting a billion dollars unless you fire the Ukrainian prosecutor. What vice president is going to leverage a billion taxpayer dollars? You only got six hours. And son of a bee, they did. They fired a prosecutor at the request of Joe Biden, who dangled one billion U.S. taxpayer dollars as leverage to protect his zero experienced son, who even admitted on Good Morning America he had no experience. Pretty unbelievable. Um, anyway, Biden's weekend existed of a bike ride at the beach as, let's see, Zelensky is warning the world of World War III. Um, it's, you know, at, at what point um, is somebody not going to realize the right way to handle things? It's a little frustrating. It's a little bit of a sore point. But let me give a, a quick education to some people in the media mob like, for example, this weekend, I, there's a report, I think Rolling Stone did the first. Hannity is spewing Vladimir Putin talking points, Russia talking points, because I said I quoted a Russian spokesperson saying what I've been saying for now over two years, which is Joe is weak and frail and a cognitive mess. And my warning and admonition that that is dangerous for the entire world. I actually wrote a book on it. Live free or die. America and the world on the brink. And we've talked about Joe being a cognitive mess. 
And I've talked about the problem is now more finally people, you know, for a long time I was hanging out there like usual uh, at the edge of a limb, a little twig and hanging on to a leaf from last year that remained, didn't fall during the fall. And I'm hanging out there alone saying, yeah, this guy is not all there. And he's corrupt as hell. I've been saying both those things. And yet the the media mob just doesn't want to hear. I'm not, there's, if anything, they're, they're finally echoing what I've said. But I said all the time, the problem is it's not just we conservatives that are seeing this. And now polls show an overwhelming majority of American people see that he's not up to this job. That is a problem not only for the U.S., but for the entire world. And I also would add that all of these hostile regimes, starting with Russia, starting with leaders like Putin, who's corrupt, starting with President Xi and, and the communist Chinese and, you know, another ICBM fired out of North Korea with, you know, a little rocket man, uh, the mullahs in Iran. I mean, these are unbelievable times we're living in. Who would ever think that a president of the United States of America would inherit energy independence, America being a net exporter of energy, and give all of that up in the name of, you know, climate alarmism, the the religion, the cult of climate alarmism and New Green Deal socialism, give all of that up, beg OPEC only to be rejected again and again and again to increase production uh, even importing up until, what, a week and a half ago, energy oil from Russia, and then beg the mullahs of Iran, offer them billions in dollars and in, in sanctioned monies, offer them, you know, a deal that might even enable Vladimir Putin to build them a nuclear facility, $10 billion worth of one, uh, and then we're going to import oil from and make the mullahs and Iran rich again, and then we're sending emissaries to Venezuela, and talking about lifting sanctions on them and kissing the ass of Maduro, a murdering dictator thug. I, I mean, and then we have Canada begging us, please, we can do it. We're right. We're right here. Hello. Oh, how, how much you need? And if you finish the Keystone XL pipeline, we'll give you another 900,000 barrels a day if you need it. Right now, they can, they're offering 400,000 more barrels of oil a day, and we're not taking it. He, he'd rather go to Iran venezuela and opec how stupid is he um you know a lot of people for whatever reason everyone's got their own political selfish motives we've been very clear on this program about what we can and cannot do in terms of this putin invasion of ukraine i do not trust the political elite class after vietnam after watching kids go door to door in baghdad um, and after the development of new weaponry and technology, military technology, where we can win wars by pushing buttons in Tampa Bay, Florida. And for me, as a conservative, I look to the Reagan doctrine and the Trump doctrine. You know, if you if you want to look at the Reagan doctrine, actually, this is often noted at one Burbank quote from Reagan. It's considered to be the Reagan doctrine. We can't play innocence abroad in a world that's not innocent. Nor can we be passive when freedom is under siege. Without resources, diplomacy cannot succeed. Our assistance, our security assistance programs, helps friendly governments defend themselves and give them confidence to work for peace. And I hope you in Congress will understand that dollar for dollar. Uh, security assistance contributes as much to the global security as our own defense budget. And we must stand by all our democratic allies 
We must not break faith with those who are risking their lives on every continent from Afghanistan to Nicaragua to defy Soviet-supported aggression and secure rights which have been ours from birth. And it's, you know, the belief in, in natural rights endowed by our creator. It's not just us. It's every human being and the natural breath for freedom that every human being has. But what what did the when you break down the Reagan doctrine uh, on defense, what was it? Well, number one, he built up the strongest, meanest, toughest military on the face of this earth. He identified an evil empire for what it is. He didn't hide from that. Uh, when the Soviet Union invaded Afghanistan in his term, he is the one that provided the Mujahideen. By the way, not a perfect group of people, as we all know, the Stinger missiles that allowed them to protect their own country with not one American boot on the ground. That was the Reagan doctrine. He did the same thing in Nicaragua as he supported militarily with aid and munitions, the freedom fighters, the Contras, rebels who were battling the Soviet-supported Sandinistas and Daniel Ortega and not an American boot on the ground. And then I looked at the Trump doctrine, which which has to be a little different because modern military technology and weaponry has made it possible. Because under the, the Obama-Biden administration, what happens? The caliphate builds out completely. They don't lift a finger to stop it. And and Donald Trump's as president, okay, uh, there might have been a few boots on the ground, maybe a few for intelligence purposes only. Um, but he didn't put American boots on the ground, combat troops on the ground at all in this conflict. He just literally bombed the, the, the caliphate right back into oblivion. And he did it systematically. Every city and town they took over, he blew them up and pushed them back. Every The next town blew them up and pushed them back. And then he did the same thing with Soleimani, did the same thing with Baghdadi and Associates, did the same thing with the Al-Qaeda leader in, in Yemen. Now, what do Reagan and Trump have in common? They have in common that neither one of them committed any U.S. troops on the ground. Now, you're going to have to examine your own conscience. As a Christian, I have a hard time seeing dead children in the street, indiscriminate bombing of of men, women, and children, schools being bombed, uh, apartment buildings being leveled, neighborhoods being leveled, mass graves, we have the videotapes of them, and saying that America has no role at all whatsoever. But I stand with Reagan and I stand with Trump, not a single boot on the ground, no long protracted conflict. Politicians now... These swamp creatures in Washington have proven time and time again that they start wars, they're gung-ho, they don't fight to win the wars, they won't, they won't do what's necessary to win them. Then they get into long, you know, these, these long conflicts that go on in perpetuity. Uh, over time, they politicize the war, and then they say, never mind, and we lose the war. And then you ask yourself, why did we send our national treasure, our young kids over there to fight these wars that these idiots didn't know how to fight the right way in the first place? Now, because of modern technology, the weaponry is so sophisticated, you push that button in Tampa and with pinpoint accuracy, you can nail any target worldwide that you want. The use of drone technology. Hypersonic missile technology, of which, by the way, the Russians stole it from us. Long story short there, but that's a different story from a diff for a different day. Notice, I've never said a single American. I am saying no boots on the ground. And I'm even going to take it a step further. 
you know, the day and the day and time where America provides everything for free to the world has to stop. We need to be paid for every javelin, every stinger missile, every drone. And eventually, if if NATO, you know, stops listening to Joe Biden and gives the the Ukrainians, you know, the MIGs that they wanted and I think desperately need, they, they could beat the Soviet Union with the MIGs. Why did Joe Biden veto that? I have no idea. But notice the consistency. And then there, you know, there's always been an isolationist strain here. Uh, for some reason, I, I'm not sure why. There are some people that don't see, you know, some people that think we should just put blinders over our eyes, not thinking that a world economy is impacted by aggressor nations like Russia in this case. Um, that's fine if that's your thinking. Other people, you know, try to make the case that there's some type of, you know, territorial dispute with with Russia. I don't see it. They invaded a sovereign country. Well, that's for everyone else to me. I, I, I am a Reagan, America first, uh, make America great again, uh, save America, Trump, Reagan, Trump conservative. That's how I describe my politics. It's really simple. <laughs> By the way, the media distorts it all, and you would think that I'm something... Now, Hannity, he's quoting Putin. I'm like, no, I'm repeating what I said for two years. Uh, So maybe get your act together. It's just the reality that these countries, if Ukraine's willing to defend itself, it's it's especially in Europe's interest to make sure that they have the ability to do so. Um, you see a little bit more of a change and a shift in strategy as it relates to Vladimir Putin as he's going way more scorched earth. Um, and by the way, a story of how he's, he's bombed these schools out, so he's even targeting schools uh, in, his, in this new effort, this new ratcheting up of, it's sort of like a war on terror to terrorize the people of Ukraine. Uh, video will show you tonight of of innocent people, just civilians trying to get out of Ukraine into a neighboring country, uh, Poland, Slovakia, Hungary, Romania, and and other countries. Um, and but none of it's going particularly well. Ukraine sees another, you know, neighbor planned direct invasion, but they think Belarus may get involved. General Petraeus had an interesting comment about the death of five top generals of the of Russia in Ukraine. He said the reported deaths of five Russian generals in Ukraine is a sign of significant trouble for the Kremlin's invasion. He said it's very, very uncommon. This is the first three weeks. He said these are quite senior generals. Uh, I think the fifth will hear today. So. We'll see what happens there. Putin is now sending thousands of captured Ukrainians, according to some reports out there, uh, to Russia. Disturbing reports over the weekend. Not been able to confirm it. Fake news CNN has been running with it. Uh, Maripol, you know, will not surrender. Besiege Ukrainian city. 300,000 are trapped. They're still vowing to fight to the last soldier, rejecting Russia's demand to lay down their arms or face, you know, what is obvious death. And more mercenaries sent to kill Zelensky, according to reports.
keeping them accountable. Sean gets the answers no one else does. America deserves to know the truth about Congress. All right, 25 to the top of the hour, 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. I, did you ever hear, Linda, the Odessa Journal? Anyway, they they have a report out um, that Putin's mistress faces expulsion from Switzerland, where apparently she's believed to be hiding with her children. Citizens of Ukraine, Russia, Belarus appealed to the Swiss Confederation with a petition under the slogan, uh, Connect Eva Braun with her Fuhrer. Yikes. Yikes. Anyway, um, what's that? I did not hear about that. I know, right? I didn't even know. Apparently, they they have a lot of kids together. I didn't know any of that. Not that it matters. Uh, How about you just leave innocent men, women, and children alone? How about we don't see any more images of dead kids in the street? How about we stop targeting innocent civilians that are trying to escape that are unarmed? We have the video from this weekend. Um. This latest Russian general to bite the dust was the deputy commander of Russia's entire Black Sea fleet, senior naval commander <coughs> killed in Ukraine, and the post captain, the deputy commander of the fleet, died during fighting in eastern Ukraine. Uh, Ukraine rightly rejecting. You know, you ask yourself a question: If you're an independent, sovereign country, and let's say America is attacked, you know. Are you surprised that Ukraine is rejecting Putin's insistence that they unilaterally disarm and surrender as now Kiev shelling has intensified like uh, Maripol out there where they have been bombarding and targeting civilians with you know an indiscriminate bombing? Um, there's a story by a video journalist for the AP released a really, really harrowing recollection of what he saw an experience while covering the devastation in the middle of this invasion of Ukraine. Anyway, the account, he began by explaining how he and his team were sheltering at a hospital as they documented Russia's attack on the city. And he said that he and his group were the only international journalists left in the city two weeks after reporting on. Uh, but on March 15, Ukrainian soldiers arrived at the hospital, asked to see them and said, we're here to get you out. That's how bad things are. Anyway, Chernoff said he and his colleagues were on a list of names the Russians were hunting. He said nine minutes, maybe ten minutes, an eternity through roads, bombed out apartment buildings, shells crashed nearby, dropped to the ground. Time was uh, measured from one shell to the next. Our, our bodies tense with our breaths held. Shockwave after shockwave. Uh, my hands went cold. My my chest was, was as tight as it's ever been. We entered a entryway armored cars whisked us to a darkened basement only then did we learn from a policeman we know why the ukrainians had risked their lives of soldiers to extract us from the hospital if they catch you uh they will get you on camera and make you say everything that you filmed is a lie all your efforts everything you've done you will will be in vain and you know the the images are stark you know i know it's hard for people to want to look at this but you got to look at it, at least from my perspective. Um, the other video uploaded to social media shows peaceful protesters in Ukraine literally shot up by Russian soldiers. Um, we saw that over the weekend, too. Um, <laughs> Zelensky says, so who is the Nazi? He vociferously objected to 
uh, Vladimir Putin's unfounded claim that he invaded Ukraine for denazification. And anyway, Putin's claims were particularly insulting to Zelensky because he happens to be Jewish and had a family of history fighting fascism. And through a translator, Zelensky described how his grandfather's four brothers had all gone to fight during World War II because their father said they had to protect the country and fight fascism, and all four died. When the Russians make these accusations that Ukrainians are neo-Nazis, he said, and they turned to me, I just replied, I lost my entire family in, in the war because they were exterminated during World War II. My biography is open. Everyone is well aware of my biography. You can find out the facts about my family in open sources. And and that's the status of it. So, you know, I think it's 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 pretty obvious what's happening. Um, two surprises, I would say, is one is Russia's inability. I don't think they anticipated the fierceness for which the Ukrainians would fight back. I don't think they anticipated worldwide condemnation to the extent that it's come. And the worst part of all of this is still Western Europe and NATO allied nations are still dependent on Russia for oil and energy and gas. I mean, Germany is up to 60 percent of their energy needs coming from Russia. How is it possible in the middle of this that the people that are literally filling the coffers of Putin and Russia are our allies, you know, paying for their own potential demise one day? And that's what that's what Trump was trying to warn them about numerous times. Uh, anyway, then you got to watch China. Ambassador says China promotes peace, but they won't condemn Russia. And they deny the human rights abuses with the Uyghur minorities. Chinese officials call sanctions on Russia increasingly outrageous. Look, it, this is as simple as the day is long. What China is doing is they're saying mild things, yeah, we prefer peace, blah, blah, blah. But they put their seal of approval on what Russia's doing because they expect when they take Taiwan, which I would anticipate is a, is a pretty high chance that that's going to happen, that then Russia will reciprocate and support their taking over Taiwan. And it doesn't sound like Biden changed President Xi's mind about Russia during their phone call. And the U.S. is showing China its hand after the Russian invasion, um, needing more sanctions to deter Taiwan. There's nothing. Joe Biden's not going to do anything. That's my prediction. And then, of course, now we have a one House Republican looking at the insanity of what is being reported would be in this deal with Iran. Tens of billions of dollars in sanctioned money would be handed over to the Iranian mullahs and make them rich as hell. Then we're, we're going to allow Russia potentially to build a nuclear facility. That might be the sticking point at this point, at this moment. And then we're going to import oil from the mullahs in Iran. Is there, is, and they wonder why OPEC nations are so angry at Biden that they refuse to increase the production of oil. It's so, it's so simple. It's so basic. It's so fundamental and it's so obvious. Joe Biden's plan with Iran is a total unmitigated disaster. It is worse than Neville Chamberlain. It is so dumb. Forget about peace in our time. By the way, those declining pump prices we enjoyed a little bit towards the end of last week are on the rise again. Reuters pointing out oil jumped more than three bucks on Monday. Brent crude climbing to a hundred above $111 a barrel as the European nations now considering joining the U.S. in this Russian oil embargo. 
Canada is right to the north. They're furious. Why are you why are you begging OPEC? Why are you making deals with Iran and Venezuela when you can be making deals with us? Biden's inflation crisis is slamming homeowners as mortgage rates now are soaring dramatically. Mortgage rates now have surpassed 4% for the first time since 2019 after the Federal Reserve's first rate hike last week, 0.25%. They're expecting as many as seven rate increases, according to Goldman Sachs, this year, and maybe 11, according to Goldman Sachs, over the course of the next two years. California is offering a $400 gas rebate, and guess what? Unlike the gas tax vacation proposals being floated in states like Georgia and elsewhere, now this one's very different because it would it would literally include even people that don't own cars. <laughs> you, I guess we're getting to that universal redistribution of wealth. Um, it was interesting to watch. So you have Bloomberg. Biden now is using the Bloomberg data to attack oil and gas companies. You, you got to look at their strategy. You know, in the very beginning, when inflation hit, they said it was transitory. That was their talking point. Transitory. It's all transitory. It's all just going to be short-lived, et cetera. Um, Just a side effect of the economy restarting after the pandemic. It's not going to last very long. Then they pivoted and said, um, we're blaming the meat industry. Remember Jen Psaki attacking the meat industry and greedy corporations? And then gas prices under Joe Biden, long before Putin's invasion of Ukraine, you know, it's up a buck twenty-five on average per gallon. Some cases close to a buck fifty a gallon. All prior to Ukraine being invaded, and so they needed a scapegoat. Then Ukraine is invaded by Russia. Oh, it's all Vladimir. But this is Putin inflation, Putin gas prices. But the gas prices were up. Inflation was already at a forty-year high for months. Oil prices are decreasing and gas prices should be too. So now they're going to blame the evil oil and gas companies. So just one lie after another. Now, the very charts that they were using, Bloomberg's Energy and Commodities columnist, uh, this guy, Javier Blas, I think is his name, pointed out you could fit almost any narrative into the chart and shared one of his own showing the same metrics as Biden's, but with a widely different result. 2014 report, Federal Reserve, Bank of St. Louis, explained when oil prices rise after being steady for some time, gas prices shoot up quickly. When oil prices fall after being steady for some time, gasoline prices retreat slowly. And if you look at the profit margins of oil companies like Shell and BP and and, and all the ExxonMobil, all of them, they all were losing money during the pandemic. We can't factor that in. Wall Street Journal explained individual retailers set gas prices based on what they expect their future fuel deliveries to cost, but they have no clue right now due to all of the global uncertainty. And oil prices have plunged this past week in part because the UAE said, all right, we're going to urge OPEC to pump more, but there's no, they can't count on that. As of this point, we don't have the commitment. If the United States were still energy dependent, there would be some level of some less level of uncertainty and that would automatically itself drop the supply drop the cost of gas because supply and demand crisscross and dictate the price another area where this uh, bloomberg bias shows is that you know most oil companies get squeezed on the revenue side on the way up 
and energy companies did not pass on the entire price increase of the cost of crude oil and may have to keep prices up to make the revenue back on the way down, assuming we get to the point where it comes down. You know, now the White House is considering themselves sending Americans gas cards. We're going to get a gas card. Well, why don't they get rid of the 18 and a half cent per gallon federal gas tax? Maryland and Georgia, they've suspended the state gas tax to offset record high prices. You know, then Bloomberg had a really dumb article. They said, well, uh, they put out a tweet. Inflation stings the most if you earn less than 300 grand a year. Here's how to deal with it. Take the bus. Don't buy in bulk. Try lentil beans instead of meat. Nobody said this would be fun. Okay. Then they talk about a gas holiday. This is like the left, the crazy left and their ideas. Let's let's not allow driving on Sundays. Let's reduce the speed limit. How about no thank you? There's a group. They have a whole. Did you see the list? Everybody's laughing in there. Elite suggests price controls, travel restrictions, and the International Energy Agency. Let me see. Reduce speed limits dramatically. Work from home up to three days a week where possible. One day a week. Uh, make it car-free Sundays in every city. Uh, that's not going to work out very well. Make the use of public transportation cheaper and incentivize it. Uh, alternate private parking access roads in large cities and, and other dumb ideas. Using high-speed trains instead of planes when possible and avoid business and air travel when options exist. One energy official in Canada happens to be Canada has all the oil we'd ever need. Sonia Savage is her name. She's the energy minister for Alberta. Remember, the premier of Alberta said that if we had continued working on the Keystone XL pipeline, we'd be done with it by now. And that would have meant 900,000 barrels of oil a day imported, Canadian oil imported to the U.S. every day. Anyway, so the energy minister for Alberta made comments saying that they're extremely frustrated that Biden is looking to Venezuela and Iran for oil. We're right next door. We're right here. We can give you 400,000 barrels more a day. Why are you begging Iran, Venezuela, and OPEC? It's insane. All right, 800-941-SEAN, our number. You want to be a part of the program? All right.